0: Hey guys, what's up? It's Savannah with the Pink Plus Podcast. Um, Gosh, it's been so long since we've talked. I have so much that we need to catch up on, but I really am so excited about something. We're expanding and bringing on a new co-host. It's my friend Lauren. She is a therapist here in Vegas, and I really thought that having her um, talk with us would be such a good Um, addition to the show and bring like a new perspective and I think you guys could really learn and I could learn some things from her. Um, So I'm really excited about this. We will also be kind of rebranding the podcast so I'll give it probably a couple weeks before I change the name and everything on the different accounts but just so you guys know what to look for the Pink Plus podcast will now be called Nora's Table and maybe we'll get into why we chose that name Either this episode or next, but I'm really excited about this. I hope you guys are too. Um, and I'm going to pass it over to Lauren so she can talk about herself for a little bit.
1: Hi everyone. Um, I, as Savannah said, I am a psychotherapist in Las Vegas. I am a, I have a license in mental health counseling, um, as well as a separate license in substance abuse counseling. And I'm also a supervisor for substance abuse counseling interns. So addiction and substance abuse is my primary specialty, but I have further education in mental health counseling, and I can provide mental health counseling to a wide variety of people.
0: The stuff you kind of do now is more online, right? Because you did have a workspace, but COVID kind of messed that up for you.
1: It just changed everything. It changed everybody's workspace, everybody's way of life. So I I did have a physical office. I had a private practice and um, COVID hit. Uh, People started feeling uncomfortable coming in person for therapy. And at that time, my lease was ending and I just decided to close it up and transition to only virtually for meeting with clients. So far, it seems to be working really well. I enjoy it. My clients enjoy it. Um, and then I'll get into that too during our, our session, uh, the pros and cons of in-person therapy versus virtual.
0: Okay. How has COVID kind of changed the game for therapists? Cause every time I, cause I've recently gotten into seeing a therapist and when I tried to find an in-person, um, therapist that took my insurance, there is like nobody taking new clients. Like it seems like it's like a huge, um like a huge need for it here in the city and not enough help to go around and especially not taking insurance. So how's that kind of changed for you? If anything, has it?
1: Oh yeah, it's it's changed for pretty much everybody that I know that is in this line of work. We've just become so mm, overwhelmed with the amount of people that are are requesting therapy that are needing it. I think COVID brought to light the, the stressors. It was a time in our lives that really nobody's ever experienced. People were finding themselves stuck at home or all of a sudden without a job, without working, all of a sudden feeling this sense of, I, I don't know what to do with my life. I don't know how to adjust to all of this. And I think everybody started kind of, or a lot of people, I'll say, started reaching out and looking for therapists, which I think is a great turning point but we've always been in need of mental health services. I think it's a national issue actually where there's just not enough resources and help to go around. So, um yeah, it's it's definitely changed uh how how people are conducting therapy, which I think there are pros and cons to it also. Mm-hmm.
0: So what do you want to look for when you're choosing a therapist? If you really have no idea where to go, which is kind of where I was in the beginning, like I'd been in therapy before, but not anything that I really stuck with. And recently I was like, I really need help. Like if I can't get help now, I don't want there to be like a rock bottom for me. And I didn't know where to start. Like I could look on better help, but I don't really know what I'm looking for. So I just kind of went with a therapist that maybe wasn't the best fit for me. She was nice enough, but you and I have talked like she wasn't wasn't quite for me. And you had said when we were talking that therapy and finding a therapist is kind of like a dating. So what is it that you want to look for in finding a therapist?
1: Yeah, that's probably the closest thing that I can kind of compare it to is like just dating. So I also want to preface this by saying I'm I'm not only talking about this topic as a therapist, I'm also talking about it from a perspective of as a client. I I'll be completely candid and I have a therapist. I go to regular therapy. This is something that I do. I sit in the client chair and I act as a client as well. So I have a um a personal relationship to this also. So I want everybody that's listening to know that I'm not just speaking about this as a professional. I've, I've been um, in the situation of asking myself those questions too. Like, so first off, I want to say, if you're new to therapy, it's, it's scary. It can be scary. It can be intimidating. It's where do I start? And there could be feelings of shame, of embarrassment, of these are things that I want to talk about. And I don't know what this other person is going to be thinking of me. I don't know if I'm going to feel judged. I don't know where to start. I everything feels somewhat overwhelming. And then when you do um, start off on those, that that journey of trying to find somebody, it's where do I even begin? So um, maybe starting from just bare basics. Of, do I have health insurance? Do I want to use my insurance? Um, Where are my finances at if I want to pay cash pay, if I want to seek somebody out that way? So, like you said, uh, and I've heard this from, I don't take insurance as a therapist. And I've heard from so many people that have reached out to me. I tried my insurance first and nobody was available. Nobody would get back to me. And it's just, it's, Disheartening. It's it's so difficult to find somebody. So if you want to try and use your insurance first, you can uh, contact your insurance. You can call the number on the back of your card and ask them to provide you a list of therapists in your area that take your insurance. There's a website that maybe we can link. It's called PsychologyToday.com, and you can search for therapists in your uh, zip code. And you can select, they have checkboxes, you can select your insurance that you're looking to use, and then also maybe um, a specialty of what you're looking to address. So maybe it's, I'm an adult and I'm looking for therapy for my child, or I'm looking for couples therapy, or to start talking about my depression or trauma or any of those things, there's going to be options to, to looking for somebody. So those could be a good starting point to trying to use your insurance. And if you're not having any success that way, if you're not finding success, then it's time to branch out maybe look for people that are taking cash pay. And a lot of people in this line of work are willing to work with you on sliding scales. Not everybody, but there's a good handful of us that that will make accommodations for people if they're financially struggling and discounting therapy. And then there's also the virtual sites, BetterHelp. help. Um, let's see. Uh, I'm blanking on some of the other ones. Do you know, can you think of them right now?
0: Yeah. There's like a uh, cerebral, I think is one Talkspace is yes. one. I was looking at it earlier and there was one called like online therapy or online counseling or something that was just, Pretty easy to remember, pretty blanket online therapy. Um, Yeah, there's quite a few of them. Um, I do want to loop back around really quick because you said that you also go to therapy. Um, Is it hard for you to separate what you know professionally, your education and everything like that, when it comes to being your personal life, is it hard for you to separate your education from what you're personally feeling like? If you go through grief, and I know you have in the last few years dealt with a lot of Mm -hmm. loss, When you're grieving, in the back of your mind, are you also thinking like, this is what I know, this is what I was taught, this is what I would tell a client? Or is it hard for you to kind of remember that when it comes to your own personal feelings?
1: Well, that's a good question. I think because of my education, I have some of the knowledge. So I can sometimes identify okay, this is what, I, what I'm going through right now. There's stages of grief. I, I can identify what I'm experiencing, what I'm feeling, what I'm going through, but I'm also a human being. And so that's the reason why I personally have a therapist. Um, and I think everybody should have a therapist. It's just, it's, it's self-care. It's, it's nice to have a sounding board and have an objective point of view that can give you feedback and just kind of almost take you outside of your head and bring you back down to reality. So there's times where I can, I can see those things coming up, but because I'm a human being, and then when you're involved in it and you're going through it, you don't always see what you could be telling yourself. Um, I've had somebody tell me before, oh, well, if you were your own client, what, what suggestions and advice would you give you? And, um, (laughs) what I give myself and it's not that easy to sit there and, and process that. Sometimes you need that outside perspective. You need your therapist to hear all of your story, gather all of that information, and then be able to give that objective point of view. And and also, different therapists have different styles. We all come from uh, maybe a different educational background, different life experiences, we're able to offer people different advice. Just because I provide therapy one way doesn't mean that every therapist is going to do it the same way. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. In your own personal marriage, do you ever find yourself analyzing things that your husband does <laughs> or does he ever get after you about using like therapy talk?
1: Um, well, and I guess we can tell listeners too. I am in a uh, traditional heterosexual marriage and we do have children. So that just kind of gives people the, uh, idea of, of my personal life and, and what kind of family I do have, but, or family dynamic I do have, but, um, <clears throat> no, my husband doesn't really say, he doesn't say anything about, um, like if I'm offering suggestions or advice, or if I'm talking to him, there's also so even though that, that's my line of work and that's a huge part of my identity, being a therapist, in my outside life, I I talk to, I'm not always on work mode. So I talk to people mm-hmm. how they are in relation to my personal relationships. So what I mean by that mm-hmm. is like, I'm not your therapist, Savannah. So I'm going to talk to you as my friend. I'm going to I'm going to offer you the best suggestions and advice, but I'm also going to speak to you differently than I would a client. And same thing with my husband; he he provides a different sort of relationship for me that maybe I don't talk to him as a friend, and I don't talk to him as a client, but I talk to him as my my life partner. And then same thing with my relationships with family, with other friends, with my children. So it's it's different. Um, I I am able to separate that part of myself. So I'm not always in work mode.
0: <laughs> I always imagine being married to a therapist would be like in the middle of every heated argument, then being like, "So how does that make you feel?" And then you're just like, "God damn!" Yeah. It.
1: <laughs> oh, you're like, "And this is what not to say to me,
0: <laughs> right?" Oh. <laughs> I feel like you need some self care, maybe a change of diet, some exercise, and you're like, "I just really need to be mad." Right yeah, I now. Just you did Let me feel my You day. didn't empty the dishwasher.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay, so, like, say I'm a client. It's my first time coming to therapy. Mm. I don't know you from Adam, would not be able to pick you in a Walmart, right? We sit down, and it's a little bit awkward. Why is it awkward?
1: Oh, why is it awkward with maybe the first session with a therapist? Yeah. It's it's like a first date. That's what I'll compare it to. It's like a first date with somebody where it's – you don't – And and it's totally different than even a dating sort of relationship. I'm just trying to use an example that people might be able to relate to. But how many times do you sit in front of somebody and you say, here's everything. Here is all of my trauma, all of my life history, the dirty, deep, dark, dark secrets that I don't tell anybody else. And then what you should be receiving in return from the therapist is what's called unconditional positive regard. It's just this this feeling of, okay, no matter what I tell you, I'm not going to feel judged. And even if the therapist doesn't agree with what you are doing or what you have done in the past, or um, you shouldn't feel that from that person, And so, Mm -hmm. oh, even going back to seeking a therapist and finding somebody, I personally would recommend grabbing a notepad, writing down, jotting down maybe some key things that you would like to work on in your own personal life, and then doing an interview with a therapist. I would suggest choosing three that you could contact and you can reach out to these people and ask them for a free consultation. There's, I don't, I don't know if people know this or not. I don't think that they do, but there's so many times that a therapist is willing to give you maybe a 15 minute free consultation just to talk to them over the phone, just to kind of get to know them. You can ask your questions and just see how it feels talking to them. Do you feel comfortable? Do you feel like the conversation is flowing? Do you feel like, okay, I can, I can trust this person without judgment, even if it's a very brief conversation and you're not talking about those personal issues right away. Um, you can use your intuition and just kind of feel that out and, and have a notepad with you and just kind of jot down notes. Uh, you know, this is how this person made me feel. This is how I feel talking to them. And, and do that interview, that consultation three times with three different people. And then from those three mm-hmm. people, um, make your decision of who you would like to continue to meet with for therapy. And something mm-hmm. else to to ask these people too is, um, how often do you want to be going to therapy? How often do you want availability? How often do you want those sessions? So, with those online platforms, what's an advantage to those is usually you can pay a certain monthly membership and you can have unlimited texting or text messages throughout the week, along with that weekly phone session or video session with that therapist. That's a really nice option to have to where it's like, oh, during the week, I'm feeling a little funny. I need some feedback right away. You can text that person. In traditional therapy, that's not always available to you. And it depends on the personal therapist, but that would be a question for them. You want to also ask them, how busy their schedule is, how often they can meet with you. So, and usually after the first meeting with a therapist, they'll tell you, okay, I think that you should be coming in once a week or biweekly or monthly. And so, but you can also decide that as well, depending on how you're feeling. If you're you're feeling like you're struggling and you're like, I really want these weekly meetings or I want to come in twice a month or I want to talk to somebody once a month, you want to see what that availability is like with that therapist because you could potentially tell that person, okay, well, I would like weekly sessions with you. And then they come back and they say, well, you know what? I, I really only have availability for once a month right now. And then immediately you kind of know, okay, well, this isn't a good fit for me because I feel like I need more. So that's a good question mm-hmm. to ask that therapist. And and I, I recommend even during all of your therapy sessions, bringing in a notepad and Mm -hmm. writing down what your therapist is telling you. So during conversation, they might make suggestions that you can apply during the week when you're not meeting with them. And just so you don't Mm -hmm. forget, just having that notepad there and just jotting it down is a really good idea. Or if your therapist tells you something and you're like, oh, wow, I really resonate with that. That sounds amazing. Let me write that down really fast. You know, I think that that's mm-hmm. a good practice to have.
0: When you had said before, when we were talking about my therapist that I, because it's also awkward from a therapist point of view, mm. maybe not awkward, but they're getting to know you just as well as you're getting to know them. It's kind of a balancing thing. And it would be helpful for the therapist to know what it is that you're expecting out of it. Like if you want homework to be able to tell them, hey, I would really love if we could come up with some goals for me to work on. Or when I'm feeling like this, what's something I can do? Like, what are some tools I can keep under my belt? They can't just like, just like it's their first date. They can't just read you for 45 minutes and be like, oh, this is what that person needs. Correct.
1: Yes, you know? exactly. It, sometimes it takes a lot of self-awareness to be able to, to say, this is what I need from this person. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that takes practice, right? So like ideally you should be able to apply that self-awareness and communication to every relationship in your life, but it takes practice to do that. But starting with your therapist, which should be this person that's completely accepting of of you and, and what you're coming in and talking about is a good starting point. So being able to tell this person, hey, you know what, I really do want homework. And there's been times where I've given clients homework and I say, okay, I'm going to give you homework. And they kind of get a funny look on their face like, oh no, like, oh man. But it could be something as simple as I want you to apply these techniques while you're driving in the car. And it takes one or two minutes every day while you're driving here or there and just applying this technique and it starts to change the pattern in your brain and how you're processing information and thinking and managing these feelings and sometimes people are like oh that's great i can totally do that a minute or two while i'm driving in the car yes perfect done i can do those things and then there's other times where i recommend to people hey how about we start journaling And it's also very important if you're 1000% honest with your therapist. So I've had people say, I love journaling. Yes, please. I want to do these things and I give them journaling topics. And then there's other times where I tell people, hey, let's do a journaling um, topic. And they're like, Lauren, in complete honesty, I'm never going to pick up a journal and I'm never going to do that. And I'm like, okay, that's totally fine um, I can adjust and I can change what I'm recommending for you to fit your needs. So what are you willing to do? What are you willing to work on when you're not here with me? And so it should be this, this, um, relationship, this give and take relationship, a conversation. You should feel comfortable saying, okay, I'll do that. No, I won't do that with your therapist. They should be able to adjust and change fitting to your personal needs and goals. I would also go in saying like, These are the things I want to work on. And you should hear your therapist tell you, okay, well, these are how we're going to achieve your goals and have um, what's called a treatment plan with you. You can always ask your therapist to give you your treatment plan. Also, you're entitled to that information. They can give it to you, or you can just ask them to tell you what it is. Like, what is my treatment plan? What are we working on? This is a relationship you're working alongside with them to achieve those goals. So I hope that people can feel comfortable saying that, but on the other hand, don't also don't go in with the idea that I'm going to say no to everything and not put in the work and just expect to sit in front of somebody for one hour and everything change. You, you do have to leave and you do have to feel somewhat uncomfortable to start to see these changes in progress.
0: Mm-hmm. How many sessions of therapy do you think somebody should give before they know whether their therapist is right for them or like how many dates do we go on before <laughs> we know whether we're they're getting a call back or not yeah
1: yeah <laughs> um okay that's another good question so I would say starting out you're meeting with a new therapist I would recommend maybe meeting with them at least three times before you give a yay or a nay <laughs> before you decide okay okay, I'm going to, you know, continue with this person or not. And it could be something as simple as, I just don't feel comfortable. I just, I don't, maybe you don't jive with their personality. Maybe you don't like how they're speaking to you. Maybe you just feel uncomfortable and you can't identify why you feel uncomfortable. And all of those reasons are okay. That's fine. It's, they're human beings too. And they could be perfectly nice, just a wonderful, nice person for whatever reason, you're like, I just, I'm not meshing well with this therapist. And then it could be time to to seek out and try somebody else. I don't recommend going to multiple therapists at the same time. You want to to, um, end with one person and then begin with another one. And sometimes you need to go on those few dates we'll call it uh initial sessions with therapists to really identify okay this is what I'm looking for now I have a clear view of what I'm looking for and if it comes to a point where you're wanting to to stop therapy with somebody um again remember we're human beings too just like as if you were dating somebody and you get ghosted it's not a nice feeling it kind of feels like oh what did I do there's nothing wrong with giving that therapist some feedback, right? So even before, maybe before you you decide, okay, it's not a good fit, you can have a conversation with them or don't and just tell them, hey, you know what? Uh, I, I'm just not feeling comfortable. I think that you're a wonderful person. Um, and just go ahead and tell them whatever it is that that you're not feeling and just say like, I'm going to seek out another therapist, I might try it out with somebody else. I might come back to you later and keeping that door open for, to, for them to welcome you back in. Um, if they're professional, which they should be speaking to you and acting professionally, they're going to want what's best for you. So if you say, this isn't a good fit, I don't feel comfortable with you, they're going to encourage you to go and seek out somebody else. They're going to say, yes, please go meet with somebody else. See how that feels. You know, we want to see you succeed.
0: And if you feel uncomfortable with the therapist, though, like if you're willing to give them feedback to break up with them, is that not something that you can do during the relationship with that therapist? Like with my therapist, she was super nice, like very professional, very nice. I enjoyed talking with her. There was nothing that she told me that I could not have gotten from chatting with a girlfriend. Like she was very much about self care, and the BetterHelp app was great. Like. Um, I can journal every day. My phone will remind me, hey, it's time to journal. It'll give me different prompts that I can choose through, like stuff that I'm actually interested in talking about. I really enjoyed using BetterHelp. And like I said, my therapist was super nice. But there's nothing that she told me that I feel like came from like her education. You know, like I want somebody to be like, hey, you're valid. This is what I want you to do this week and see how it makes you feel. Or she wasn't asking really in-depth questions or it was just kind of very surface. And, um, so if I was going to give her feedback during a breakup, like, Hey, I need more tough love. Is that something that a therapist would respond to during our, our work relationship? Or is it better to go find somebody else?
1: Are you, are you asking if you should tell her that and still try and have therapy with her? Yeah. Yeah. I don't see anything wrong with that either. Okay. That's up to you. I mean, you can this is this is your therapy. Essentially, you're paying for your time. So, either, you know, if it's cash pay, if it's insurance, it's still your time. You need to to get out of this what you're wanting to see and wanting to put in. There's nothing wrong with telling somebody, "Hey, I want homework. Hey, I want you to do these things." I feel like you're speaking to me like a girlfriend. I don't feel like I'm getting enough out of this. I need more. And that could almost, um, uh, tr- you know, just change how she's approaching everything that she's doing with you and maybe give her that opportunity of like, oh, okay, let me step this up. Let me do this for you. Yeah. It was really so great
0: talking to her. Like I was very comfortable, but I, and I could tell her my whole life story. There was nothing wrong mm-hmm. with me. Word vomiting to her all day.
1: Yeah. But <laughs>
0: I said something that I was kind of realizing in the moment, like a feeling that I had, and I was having a really vulnerable moment, like, holy shit, like, I can't believe that I just realized that about myself. And the only feedback I got was interesting. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that is interesting. Can you go more about it? Like, can you elaborate yeah. on why that's interesting?
1: Uh-huh. And like, I, what does this mean?
0: Yeah. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, like, I just realized that about myself and maybe I should work on that. And I just really didn't get much Mm -hmm. back from it. So maybe that's something I should have told her in the moment. Like, look, I'm expecting that if I'm going to go into therapy and I'm paying this money and I'm going to, I'm willing to put the work in. Right. I expect every therapy to be like in tears. I want to be having (laughs) these epiphanies and realizing the toxic traits about myself. And I don't want somebody to just like, blow rainbows at my butt all the time and be like yeah you're valid you're right mm-hmm. I understand why you're feeling that way I want somebody to be like nope this is where you messed up this is what we're gonna do this week so that we can correct that behavior that's what yeah, I want. you want I like want some more tough hard
1: work yeah, yeah
0: I want yeah. to put in the work and I'm prepared to put in the work and I don't want somebody tiptoeing around my feelings for the sake of like oh, they pay me to be nice to you, you know? Mm-hmm.
1: So. Well, maybe maybe you also need to have a conversation with the therapist too of, and then this goes back to to something I touched on earlier too, is what are my goals? You know, and ask your therapist that, like, what are we working towards? What does my treatment plan say? Um, how are we achieving those goals? What are you, what are the objectives? How are we working towards these? How do you know that I'm making progress towards my goals? And, and see what the feedback is from the therapist. And then don't be afraid to tell your therapist, like, I want to see this and this and this and this, and this is how I want to achieve those goals. It's almost like, I'm going to use another comparison that, that maybe people can relate to. It's almost like getting a trainer at the gym. So therapy is going to feel uncomfortable at times. But if you don't feel uncomfortable, you're not going to see growth and change. Same thing with going to the gym. If you're if you're working out all the all day long, but you're not pushing yourself to feel uncomfortable, you're not going to see any change. And then just think about it as if you were going to the gym and you're getting a personal trainer and you're like, these are the areas of my body that I want to work on. And they say, okay, well, this is these are the exercises that we're going to do to get you there. And this is what you need to do. And your personal trainer at the gym is probably going to tell you what to do at home. This is the diet that you should be eating. This is how much water you should be intaking. These are, what, these are the exercises you should be doing at home to achieve these goals. Same thing with your therapist. So you're telling them, this is what I want to work on. These are my goals. And that person should be saying, okay, well, this is what we're going to work on in session, but this is what you need to do outside of this. Mm-hmm. Because it's only... One hour, once a week, twice a month, once a month, you're not going to completely change during that time. You need to practice these skills that they're hopefully sharing with you outside of the office.
0: Yeah, another perk to having it online too is that all of my journal entries immediately got shared to my therapist. So I didn't have to wait for an in-person session to be like, this is what I wrote. And this is how I was feeling on this day. If I was in the middle of having like an episode one day where I was just like completely irritable, I was fighting with my husband, I was beefing with my kids, whatever. I could put that in my therap- in my journal and be like, this is exactly how I'm feeling right now. And she would see it within a couple minutes, which was mm-hmm. really cool. And sometimes she would message me and be like, okay, so when we feel this way, you know, what are we feeling? And it was, it was nice. I liked the better help. And I really didn't – anticipate liking the online I really thought I would jive better like sitting on someone's couch mm-hmm. and bawling in front of them you know where it feels really comfortable <laughs> <laughs> um, but the yeah. better help did end up working pretty well as far as doing it online when I have kids like because we don't always have time to be able to not only get dressed after putting on makeup but then we got to get in the car and drive across town to sit there for an hour and then drive home and like I don't have the time or the childcare Bobby works a crazy schedule and it's just not always doable. So it was nice that I could be like, okay, I need 45 minutes for you to watch the kids. And I could just go upstairs in my room and do my thing.
1: So. Absolutely. That's, that that's something cool. to, co- to think about and consider while searching for a therapist. Um, do I want in person or virtual? Mm-hmm. And a lot of therapy now is, is available virtually, which it has its convenience. It's, it's so convenient to, to be able to, okay, well, I just got done with work and I can talk to my therapist as I'm driving home from work and prepare dinner while I'm on the phone with my therapist, doing a therapy session instead of leaving work, driving to an office, sitting there for my therapy session, then driving home. But it's all personal preference. So Mm -hmm. there are benefits to sitting in front of somebody and, and being that vulnerable, but then also seeing their their mannerisms, their facial expressions, their, there can be benefits to that as well. It just depends on, on your preference, what you're going to feel comfortable in doing. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, like a good example would be like me and you. We've hung out in person, we've texted, talked, whatever, but it has like a whole different kind of layer of our communication doing it virtually. And we know each other in person and we've hung out, but... I know I'm not speaking in the way on the computer that I would normally if you were sitting right here, you know, maybe it's the headphones, because I can't really hear my own voice. <laughs> oh. So I sound like a robot, kind of, I'm like, yelling in my house right now. So I can hear my own voice. Because if I talk at a normal volume, I can't hear myself at all.
1: <laughs> so. that, that could have something to do with it. Definitely. <laughs>
0: So in the future, hopefully, ideally, if the equipment comes in and I can get it to work, we will start doing it at my house at Nora's table.
1: Yeah. Okay. So thank you all for listening to our first podcast together. We just want to wrap everything up by saying, um, just give a little bit more information of of who we are so that you as listeners can kind of paint a picture of the people that you're listening to. But... Savannah and I are both married women in traditional marriages. We are both married to men, heterosexual, as we identify with children, but we do support the gay, lesbian, trans, bi community. We would love to hear from our listeners any questions, any topics that you would like to hear about, and I'll let Savannah take over and she's going to give information of how you can contact us and you can write in anonymously and we would love to hear from you all what you would want to listen to.
0: Yeah. So those of you who already follow um, the Instagram account, it's the pink plus podcast account, um, which will also be transitioning over to Nora's table here pretty soon. And I'll drop a link and uh, the handle to that in the footnotes of this episode, we can also be reached at, Nora's table podcast at gmail.com that's n-o-r-a-s table podcast at gmail.com and you can always leave some questions for lauren questions for me some feedback what you liked hearing if you want some guest speakers whatever and uh we may answer your questions on the show um Thank you so much for listening. This was a really uh, great first pilot episode with having a co-host. And it's nice that the whole thing is not just on me talking to myself in my closet. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we hope you enjoyed it too. And we will catch you next time.